Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I'm running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So... The Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> I want you to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the Podcast. You like apples? Welcome back to another edition of the Just Press Play Pod. We got a word a little shorthand today. We're just recording. It's me and Pops. We have no LJ today. Some things got in the way, but we are we are back here, Pops, and a crazy, crazy game. What was that, five that we just got game done watching five, yesterday? Yeah. The, game five. So the, the, the people said they, they wanted – that. some people I heard were acting like they were a little bored with the finals, and, and it wasn't maybe as interesting and intriguing as they were hoping the NBA finals would be. I would say game five brought all the intrigue that you could ask for. It, it was a, a – we're going to get into that. A little Stanley Cup. I maybe have a couple other things I want to bring up. By the way, Dad, the the Hogs, your Arkansas Razorbacks, are yep. back, headed to Omaha, going to the College World Series. Pretty pretty big news going on around here. I think the whole area of the Northwest Arkansas is just ecstatic right now with the Razorbacks going How back to Omaha. How many teams go to Omaha? I, I don't guess. Eight teams go to Omaha. Only eight. And interestingly, Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas, is the closest college town out of the eight still that still remaining to uh-huh. Omaha as far as travel time. And I think they're the closest. I saw one local radio guy said he did the math and that Fayetteville's actually, I think it's six hours to Omaha driving, which is three hours closer than any other college town is driving distance yeah. that's in the tournament. So last year was a really good turnout with Arkansas fans, and I bet there will be again. There's going to be a sea of red, I think, coming back. And especially after what last year was, I think fans are really excited to try to avenge last year's just gut-wrenching loss. If For those who don't remember, that, that can of corn. <laughs> that can of corn that fell right in the middle of, what, three guys. Oh, yeah. So it's uh, now it, that was in the final, wasn't it? That the was finals. in the final that, final. Yeah, that was actually with, that would have won they, the game. Yeah, they that had already won. Game. Yeah, they just needed one more win in the final series against Oregon State. But yeah, so to catch that can blow. of corn, it was over, right? <laughs> yeah, that you was know? it. That was the third out that would have ended it. So tough, tough mm. loss for Arkansas fans. But I know a ton of people are getting ready to go, and I wanted to go ahead. It's a little quick. We usually wait a little later in the show to, to tell you about these friends. But if you're thinking about going, I actually searched it right before we started recording. And there are tickets still available on SeatGeek. They uh, are going up as we talk. And uh, right now, if you're a listener of the JPP pod, you can go on to SeatGeek, put in the promo code ACAA at checkout and receive $20 off your first purchase. So you can get, get your tickets to the College World Series. You get a little 20 bucks off your purchase and 20 they ain't bones. cheap. They yep. ain't cheap and they're not cheap just about anywhere you go. And SeatGeek, the one thing that's really neat about SeatGeek is they kind of take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. And instead of shopping a dozen of different sites for the best deal, SeatGeek kind of puts it all together for you. Their app will scan the web for all the best deals to your favorite games, concerts, or shows and rate them on a scale of zero to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. They'll have a green dot that marks a great deal, a yellow dot that's a not-so-good deal, and then a red dot for the bad deals. And as we said, right now, if you put in the promo code ACAA at checkout, receive $20 off your first purchase. So that's two free beers at the stadium on us. And whether you're going to to the College World Series or a concert or wherever you're trying to go, life is an event, and SeatGeek has the tickets. All right. We'll we'll wait on the College World Series breakdown because that'll come a little later. I, well, we'll probably won't ever break it down big time, but I'm sure <laughs> we'll probably talk sure about with, it a little more. Yeah, with the Hogs in it, I'm sure we'll get a little talking. But 
we got to get to the big, big news. And that is Game 5, Warriors-Raptors. Warriors extend the series. They win what 106 to 103, win by three. Uh the big the big news, obviously, Kevin Durant re-injured in the second quarter. Do we want to start there, Pops, or do we want to kind of start at the end of the game, kind of how the game wrapped up? Well, you know, if, you, if you're asking me, I'd start kind of at the beginning because I, let Shoot. me just throw this out there. You know, it started off, I think, uh, Durant hit his first three from long mm-hmm. range. I think. Curry, I want to say they were like six for six as a team from downtown. They hit, yeah, uh, I think the first six and like I think I saw eight of the first twelve. I mean, they were they were hitting. It wasn't something. just Durant. Clay, Curry, Durant, Draymond hey, Green got in on the action. Everybody hitting. But what kind of shocked me a little bit is that even though they started out really hot, they were still, you know, Toronto was never out of the game in the first day. It seemed like they got up about ten at one point, but and kind of hung out there, but Toronto, even as good as Golden State was playing, Toronto, the Raptors were hanging in there. They they kept it close. Um, yeah, and then I, you know, uh, then I got what was it? Twelve minutes in, you know, the the event occurred that we're going to definitely talk about a little bit. Well, so it was actually uh, it the injury happened at ten minutes left in the fourth in the second quarter. So about fourteen minutes into the game, okay. at, to that point, Durant had played twelve of the first fourteen minutes, and I know some have talked about. Do you? I mean, is that that seems like a lot of minutes you're putting on KD coming off an injury like this and coming off he hadn't played in a while. But to your point, and I'm I'm glad you started there because that was my thought. I actually I wanted to look up kind of the, the full the full stats on that, and the Warriors were only up five when KD went out, and that's with KD having played twelve of the first fourteen, as we just said, yeah. and the Warriors were shooting eight from twelve from three, and to further that point. The lead wasn't that big, and the Warriors are shooting lights out. And Kawhi Leonard, the best player on the court, was only he only had five points on two for six shooting and two turnovers. So he wasn't even playing good. And the Warriors were hitting threes, and they still were only up five. So I, I don't know if you're if you're blaming if you're blaming Steve Kerr. I see some people saying why is Kerr playing him so much early, but it's game it's game five, backs against the wall, and you're making everything, and you're still barely beating this team, and their best player hadn't even got going yet. So I'm kind of with you. I was shocked to see the Raptors still in it. And it seems like that's been the story of the series to me where a team is like, you, if you're not watching the scoreboard and they took that off the screen, you would say Team X should be up by 15 right, right. now. And then we'll end up Absolutely. going into half and the Raptors are only up five or the Warriors are only up five. And they let teams hang. And so I don't know if I blame Kerr for leaving Durant in there like that. Because another thing I thought is my first thought was even if Durant's not healthy, the fact that you just throw him on a three-point line, even if he's just a spot-up shooter, how much you have to respect him. And you saw early him hitting those first three threes, how much he opens up the offense for everyone else. But at the same time, is Kevin Durant a player of his magnitude and someone who's in his prime basketball-wise, if he's out there, is he really going to – I mean, he's probably going to go 100%. He just doesn't know how else to play, does he? I, you know, I think you're right, Kevin, um, and and certainly there is so much room to second guess, and this is going to go on for a while ad nauseum. We're by um, the way, we're recording this as of Tuesday night. The MRI, I don't think we haven't seen confirmation of a torn Achilles, but that's what the Warriors are fearing. Which, as right. you're saying, will go on. I mean, that's what an eight month injury at least, at the least. So. Well, so much to say about it, but the point I was going to make is I do. think think had I been Steve Kerr, I probably would have tried to uh, play him six minutes and get him out for six minutes or, you know, I would have I would have eased him in uh, a little more. And I, and I don't want to quit. I love Steve Kerr. I think he's one of the greatest coaches ever. I like him as a person. I like him as a coach. Um, it does seem like they might would have eased him into that just a little bit more or told him, gosh, just stand out there on the three-point line for a little bit. Just stand there. They've got to respect you. You know, don't worry. Because it was it was kind of an attempt at a move uh, is is when it got it. Look for everything I could see in slow motion like his Achilles popped to yeah. me. Um, but one thing I, I do want to say before I forget, and I can't remember who I – heard say this, obviously, and I know you are too. I, I'm a big fan of Bill Simmons and Brian Rosillo, and I listened to some of that pod, and I think it might have been Simmons said that uh, he had heard somebody mention that the uh, Knicks lost game five in the, <laughs> yeah. in the playoffs, and and it really is true. That KD injury, I, 
And I know we'll get to this, and it's probably a good night with LJ not here. Yeah. But that has some resounding effects. Oh, on free the waves agency. that that had ripple effects all throughout, not just this finals, but in July when the free agency period opens up. And we will, we will definitely Let's touch on a little, a little bit of that. Bit. Yes, we'll get on, and we'll that, touch but. on, we'll get on. I want to talk a little more Durant injury and kind of our, my thoughts on it, and your thoughts as well and maybe some about the Raptors. But let's go to the game back where we were talking. So mm-hmm. right after that injury, you see you see the the Raptors kind of make a surge, but the, really the Warriors weathered the storm because DeMarcus Cousins, who himself is coming back from injury, really had a big couple of minutes where he scored, I think, the next seven points in the yeah. game and for the Warriors and really played big. And I've really respected Cousins for a guy who hasn't – he had a big game too and then has looked – Look tough ever since then. I think he scored 14 in game two and it scored 11 cents in the next three. And so it's, it's been a tough go for him. And I really thought he was giving it everything he could and played big. And then kind of fast forward, the next second quarter and third quarter, the game just felt – I mean, this felt like a game seven in a way. Like you, The Warriors were playing as if, obviously, back well, against the wall. And the Raptors an were playing. Yeah. And I loved how the Raptors were playing. They were playing like this isn't – they didn't seem like a team that were up 3-1. A lot of times in this situation, you get a team where you just can't match the intensity that the Warriors have because their backs are literally against the wall. It's an elimination game, as you said. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors know it, it's hard not to think in the back of your head, but we still got two more shots. Right. We still And they kept every time, it, whether it was the early in the first when the Warriors were hitting threes or later in that second or third, every time the Warriors would hit six, get six or nine straight points, it seemed like the Raptors always answered. And then... I have to talk about, I think I want to fast forward here and stop me if you want to go somewhere else, but the fourth quarter, about five minutes left, Kawhi Leonard, I oh. mean, just all-time stuff. I mean, all-time Michael Jordan, MG, or Magic. I mean, put him at, at, on the Mount Rushmore things. You're looking back at this as like a career-defining moment. It was amazing. Well, what were your honest, thoughts Kevin, watching that? Were, were you on – but you have to – I'm sitting there watching that. I mean, I'm, you know, I like I like the Raptors fine. I like Kawhi Leonard, but I'm pulling for the Warriors. I just love their basketball. I think that's pretty obvious to anybody that listens to us. Um, and I mean, when he went on that tear, like you said, he came in five, six minutes in or whatever and scored oh, maybe 12 straight points or something that was ridiculous. I just, I was like, there's no way. I mean, the, 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 Toronto's got this. Toronto's got this. And just... And I think they wound up being up, which I know we're going to get to in a little bit, up, up six points with around yeah. 305 left yep. when yep. something happened we'll definitely talk about. But I, before we get to that, I'm with you. Kawhi Leonard played as good in that three, two, three minutes as any human basketball player I've ever seen. Just well, and to crazy. your to your point, do we know? I don't know if we know for sure whether Kawhi is human or not, but. He was at that at that point. I don't believe he was, in, and he does this thing, and that's kind of what I've, I've decided. I think what makes the super like the next level superstar superstars, where Kawhi Leonard will have those games, and we've talked about this, where he doesn't seem like he's playing a great game, and then all of a sudden the the little stat will pop up at the bottom, and it's like, oh, by the way, Kawhi just scored his twenty ninth point, also has twelve rebounds and five assists. Like he just. Regardless of how it looks like he's playing, he always the numbers are just there every time. And he only scored 26 in the game. I say only because mm-hmm. at that point, before that little run, I think that was a he single handedly went on a eight to three run on his own. And at one point, it was yeah. an eight zero, I think. And or it was a ten three run by Kawhi Leonard on his own. So before that run, he only had sixteen. Really wasn't playing that good of a game. I think he was shooting at that point like six for eighteen. Not shooting great. And then. Right. Here's the possessions. He goes, Kawhi three, takes the lead at 96-95. Kawhi, the next possession, Kawhi takes a tough drive, pull up, 98-95. Then Draymond Green goes down there, weathers the storm, hits a three. Kawhi comes right back down. The next Raptors offensive possession, another three, and then comes down again, a pull-up floater on Klay Thompson. So he goes on his own, 10-3 to run. And as you said, 3.05 left in the game. Nick Nurse calls a timeout when it looks like Kawhi Leonard is just doing whatever. The Warriors have no answers. And they were doing, as much as I give Boogie credit earlier in the game, the the Raptors had them. They were basically running pick and roll with Kawhi. And if you went under, yes. Kawhi was shooting. If you went over, if, and if they switched, he was just going to abuse Cousins. Because Cousins, Cousins is just, that's. Absolutely. And we, we talk about Kevin Durant's injury. We're not really even mentioning Looney's injury. I, it looked like he got re-hurt. I don't know if, what his status is coming back, but. Cousins, as much as he gives you on the offensive end, he hurts you on that pick and roll switch. Whether he switches or not, Kawhi was just burning them, and they had no, no idea. Way what he to, can, 
He can't guard a guy out top. He just cannot guard just anybody with any lateral quickness up top. You know, that's just not his game. And it's not lack of desire. I just, yeah, it's just, he's it's just, just, he can't. He's just, he's, and so as you said, 305 left. Kawhi is on fire doing all time stuff. I actually had heard Brian Windhorse from ESPN reported that they began wheeling the trophy. They started lining up the Raptors locker room. It was in Toronto, as many already know. They started lining up the locker room with trash bags and plastic for the sh- the champagne that was about to get put out. Right. And they brought the trophy to the tunnel, and Bill Russell was in the tunnel. They were getting ready to present this trophy. Because I'm like you. At this point, I'm like, wow, the war- there's no way. I mean, Kawhi is just – they can't stop him. And there's a big run, and KD's out. I just think it was – it was one punch is too many, and it kind of reminded mm-hmm. me a little of that. What was it? 2014 NBA Finals, Miami Heat Spurs, where the Spurs had them dead to rights in Game Six, and yeah. they started like putting the, the ropes around, and they were getting ready for the trophy presentation. And Ray Allen is that, that Ray Allen? Uh, Ray yeah. Allen, yeah, in that corner. Yes. Oh, it reminds wow. me a lot yeah. of that. And what happens? Nick Nurse calls that timeout. Three oh five. The next three possessions for the Warriors are Clay three, Curry three. Clay three. Clay and then three. that 9-0 run goes makes the Warriors up 106-103 and they end up winning. What were your thoughts? Is was the timeout crucial to that run? What what, what were your thoughts? Well, I, I did a little research on it and and I, you know, they've changed some of the rules. And at three minutes, you can only carry, I think, two two timeouts into the last three minutes of a game. So you lose right. any extras. So I from what I've gathered, a lot of coaches will call a timeout there. Because they lose it if they don't. Yeah, it's either use um, it or lose it. Use it or lose it. And so Nurse has done that before. I, you know, I don't. I don't think he did any. Yeah, I, I, gosh, it's, again, I'm second guessing, just like I did earlier with Kerr and and, right. and uh, who's the general manager of the of the Warriors, Bill uh, Bob uh, Myers. Bob Myers, you know, and God, what a tear felt thing. I know I'm skipping around, but his his discussion about the KD injury. Yeah, but so I, I'm 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 completely. Full disclosure, I know I'm second-guessing, but when he called that timeout, it gave the Warriors, who I think were beat, were downtrodden, thought they were beat, it gave them a chance to regroup, and, I mean, they came out on a tear. So it whether it was a bad choice or not, it wound up being a really bad choice. You know, I'm well, not saying it, did, it was a – you know, it just – it worked against him. It's definitely it gave you the feeling. It gave you the feeling that it, it let the Warriors kind of go to the – go back to the bench and go, okay, well, okay, stop the bleeding, guys. It's not over. It's only a six-point game. And as we know, the Warriors know, and I think they – the Warriors showed as the heart of – I know we hear the, the old saying, the heart of a champion and all this stuff. The Warriors are as – and you mentioned the Bill Simmons, Ryan Rosillo pod. And I think Rosillo has been saying this for a while. He's been a big Warriors guy for a while. But the resiliency and the mental toughness the Warriors must have, because as me and you are sitting there watching, we think they're out. I bet a lot of that guys, a lot of the guys on the lock on that Warrior bench, they won't say it. But there's got to be a couple of guys, whether they're coaches or players, maybe some of the guys that aren't Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson, that are thinking, "Shit, man, KD's out." Kawhi's just—he's doing this. We can't stop just, him. It's just not in the cards for us. It's just—it's just not our year. We can't catch a break. And that timeout, it did feel like it gave at least Curry and Clay a chance to go. Guys, hold on. We can score six points in two possessions. This is nothing. We're right back, and that's exactly what they did. The one thing I, I'm with you—I don't—I don't think Nurse should probably have called it. But what he—he he said post game, exactly what you were saying. That was his reason for calling it. He was going to lose. He actually called back-to-back timeouts because he had four of them, and he was like, well, I was going to lose them both at the three-minute mark, and I just thought my guys could probably use a breather. And yeah. Kawhi ended up playing 41. Kyle Lowry played 42 minutes. A lot of his starters were logging big minutes. They probably could have used a breather, and I just think the Warriors – I don't think it was a terrible timeout. I just think the Warriors are mentally tough, and they responded. Now, the part that I don't understand – we already talked about earlier, KD coming back was so big because it finally put that third shooter on the floor. Right. The two best shooters maybe in the in all of the NBA, and definitely I think the best shooting backcourt of all time, and the only two shooters that were really on the court at that time, how right. did those two guys end up with three for three on threes in those next three possessions? That can't well, happen. Well, they it wasn't like they were left open, Kevin. No, you know, but you the, literally, I mean, Iguodala, I'd rather Iguodala <laughs> shoot that same shot he made in what was it? Game or game two or whatever where the Warriors won. Yeah. I don't care if he's wide ass open. I'm letting anybody shoot that, and I'm putting three all over those two. Right. I mean, let I, anybody beat me, anybody on that court. But 
Curry or, or Clay Thompson. I mean, right. that's that's the way you have to look at it. But now, I mean, we're talking about all this rejuvenated. Curry was not hitting real great in the second half, as I recall. I don't remember when he started, but, you know, he didn't step back out there and Clay hit that three. I mean, we're not even talking about this. I mean, they hit. Yeah, I mean, three through the game, threes. Curry was only five for fourteen from the line or from the three point range. So it wasn't like he was just. It wasn't a Curry fire game or anything like that. I mean, it was it was Clay Clay Thompson. I'm t- telling you, I what a stud he is. I mean, he he played pretty good defense on. You know, they switched off finally and put him on Kawhi, and he at least has the height and length to give him a little bit of trouble. You know, Iguodala obviously does, but I still think Clay's probably a little more I, athletic with his age. And during that um, little run that Leonard had, where you, you're right, Iguodala was guarding him for the first three of those four straight buckets he had, and then they switched Clay on him. Iguodala, there's a couple of times where he reaches down. I don't know if it's his knee or Achilles or calf, whatever he is. He's reaching down on that right leg, and he he ain't right. He ain't right. right. And you're you're so I'm. Have gained so much. I already had a ton of respect for Clay, but I think he just kind of gets lost in the sauce a little bit because Curry is so good. Mm-hmm. Curry is great. When Durant's playing, Durant's so good. Draymond Green, his defense is amazing, and what he does for that team is amazing. And kind of his antics get him talked about a little more. Just Clay Thompson, night in and night out, gets you 25 points, plays really good defense. He'll probably get you about six or seven rebounds on the night, too. And doesn't talk a lot, just does just his does damn it. job. We forget, what was it, the game four, because they lost, we end up kind of forgetting about it. That game four where he came back from that hamstring injury, it looked like it looked like he pulled a hamstring, comes back four days later and puts on a hell of a night. Yeah. And he just he's still playing through injury today. And you're I I just think when all said and done, whether Clay Thompson leaves or stays, whatever, his career is gonna get looked back on. That might be the best all around shooter, like three and D, three and defender kind of guy that the game's ever seen. He just does it on at all ends of the court, all the time. And it, it's impressive. Him and Curry oh, it is. are just so impressive to me. It is. I agree with you. And and you, you mentioned Draymond Green, and and we, we might get to some predictions, but I, and I'm sure you realize if he gets one more tech, is it one just more, one more? I knew he was two. Did he, he get? I can't remember. Did he get a tech last he's night? A, whatever. How, yeah, he got a tech last night. So yeah, he's one and, away. And, and I, I do think it was a very questionable call, uh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, if if Draymond Green goes out, it's over for sure. Especially now. Well, and, and Quite honestly, I think it's over anyway, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But if Draymond goes out, there ain't no way. I mean, it is done. Stick a fork in him over. There just isn't a chance in hell, I don't think. Yeah. And, and I just I, – I'm a little disappointed. I thought he tried to contain his temper when he did, but come on, Green. I, and I like Green. I really do. I think we're going to see him be an amazing analyst, you know, after his NBA career. He's very yeah. well-spoken. I love his – he's got a lot of Charles Barkley in him. I mean, he says what's on his mind, and he's a smart guy. But you've got to control your emotions there. You've got to. And he's put himself and his team – in a predicament because it's hard to envision him not getting one more tech accidentally. Well, and it was in game uh, game four, I think the last game, where he was three techs away at one point. And he has – you could tell it. he, he was kind of getting onto the refs and he was he was doing his normal thing. And some people say Draymond Green, sometimes they'll have him on too short a leash. I don't think that's true. He yells at the refs all game and just eventually, if he keeps on doing it, the tech sometimes will seem quick. But it's usually a culmination of how he's been acting the whole the last like ten possessions. It's not usually on that one possession. And you're right. If if anyone knows, it's him. How costly it is. Like we just talked about how mentally tough the Warriors are. Draymond Green, you've already cost. You got to feel like you've already cost your team a finals because finals. you let your emotions get in finals. the way. Yes, I know. There's a lot of other things that happened, and they did go to a game seven, and they could have won. But they wouldn't even been in game seven had Draymond Green not been goaded into punching LeBron in the balls. And now. Again, you know you're two techs away. Don't get another tech. Don't even give the refs the chance of taking you out of a game. And you're right. If he gets a tech in game six, even if they win, if they got to go play a game seven in Toronto, no Durant, no Draymond Green, Looney's hurt. Uh, go, over to, go over to my bookie, put the promo code JPP in, and put all your money on the Raptors because there's just no way. There's no way they win with that many injuries. At some point, you just can't do it. And if you're green, like you said, Dad, I just – as much as I respect him and I love watching him play defense, like sometimes when you're watching, just watch him play that rover position on defense. The way he helps and communicates, it is amazing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. he's so good at what he does. 
And just like we talked about Cousins not being able to switch on the pick and roll, Green does and does it so well. And you just got to be tougher. You just got to know better. And well, you you got to be smarter. You you really you have to be smarter than that. And 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 I guess I've never really thought about that. I just said it. He does remind me a lot of Barkley because Barkley would get himself in situations back. I know you probably didn't get to watch him play much, but his his feistiness, his talent, his ability, uh, his emotions would sometimes overreach that and get him get him in trouble and I, and Draymond Green's a lot now he's not Barkley I don't think great Green no is, he doesn't is have the Barkley skill level, level as Barkley especially offensively no. right especially offensively but he is if he is a must for that team he they, yeah. they got to have him and they got to have him playing at a high level and I'm with you he plays smart defensively he actually makes pretty good decisions with the basketball offensively I mean yeah. he is he's that glue guy but he's like Super freaking glue guy. He's he's not just a glue guy. He's to me, he's glue. like the Rodman form, except for he also does it. There's just so much he does offensively. Even when he only like he had ten points and ten rebounds, eight assists. Not a crazy stat line, but it's the little things when he gets the uh, the defensive rebound after playing good defense, he'll get the rebound and push it up the court, and that ends up getting Clay and Steph can then run out to the three point line, and now you have the two best shooters of of possibly all time on the three point line and a cutter, whoever it be, Iguodala, and he usually makes that right decision. There's just so yep. much he does for that team, and yeah, you just got to be you got to be smarter. You just have to be. got to be smarter. You have yep. to be. So, yep. all right, moving, and that's what we're kind of talking about going forward. As of now, I mean, barring any texts in game six or seven, the Warriors will go into Thursday night, and they'll be in Oracle. We now know for sure this is the last game in Oracle Arena. Right. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Is it – do they stave off elimination and enforce a game seven? Can they? It's gonna be tough. Yes, they can. They have the heart of a champion. They are they are uber talented. Uh, but they shouldn't. I mean, the game should be over. I mean, the series should be over in game six. It really should be. If they win, uh, it will be amazing to me. I'm rooting for it. I want to see a game seven. Um, I will tell you this, Igadala's stat line. Let me look it up for this last game. He played 30 minutes. Scored five points, one rebound, three assists. He puts up a stat line like that in Game Six. It's over. He he's he's got to give him more than that. And, and I, I just don't any. know how much he has left in the tank. I just don't know. He 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 better reach and find it somewhere because he has got to show up. You know, he tried to take some shots late in the game, just a few like free throw line shots. Uh, you know, uh, uh, long paint shots. Yeah. Uh, in the paint. And he wasn't hitting anything. And and Iguodala's got to hit some shots and play solid defense. So he, he he's got to take a shot wherever it's hurting. Yeah, I mean I'm talking about take a steroid shot, whatever. He's got <laughs> to show up and play, or, or they they don't have a chance. He can't do that same stat line. And, and you know, and I will I mention. And the Warriors, if anybody knows how you can come back from a 3-1 deficit, the Warriors know. They've been on the wrong end of that. Yeah, it's happened to them. And it would be interesting to see them flip the script and make this. This be if if I think if the Warriors say they win this championship or don't, and this is kind of the the end of the Warriors dynasty as we know it, where they're just the dominant dominant team. Maybe Durant leaves and or or whatever ends up happening. I think if they were able, if they could win this championship, I'm going to look back on this three peat and this four championships in five years and look back to Game 5, the game last night, and then somehow battling back the Durant injury and still come back, and then weathering that storm, and then weathering this Kawhi run, and and finding a way to win that game when they just had – I don't think they had any business winning that game. The Raptors were going for blood last night, and the Warriors just wouldn't have it. And now going back to Game 6, I think the Warriors have the edge going into Oracle Arena. They're playing, again, like we said, backs against the wall. But this Raptor team, I know they won't go into Game 6 with Game 7, think like – thinking with the fallback on Game 7, because I saw this great uh, Tim Bontemps, who who is a writer for ESPN, wrote this. Did you see this? After Game 2, apparently Nick, Sir, Nick Nurse was in the locker room. As you know, the Raptors were – they got they went 1-1 one and one in Games 1 and 2 in Toronto. And in the locker room, Nick Nurse told his team they had to go get at least one of the two games in Oakland, saying they needed to get home court back. And Kawhi Leonard, we talk about how he may not be the, most, uh, the best leader or he doesn't talk much. Apparently – in the locker room, Kawhi Leonard responded with, and I'm going to say the clean version, but he said, F that, let's go to Oracle and get them both. That's the mentality he had, and that's the mentality they went into Oracle with, and they did it. And I think that's something that gets overlooked a little, where Kawhi maybe doesn't talk to us, doesn't talk to the media, doesn't talk to the sideline reporter, and he's kind of just bland. That that locker room, they went into Oracle, and they, after each win, they've walked out 
not looking like they were like pumped up, jumping up and down, high five. And expect, even when they went up 3-1, they walked out going to the locker room looking like, all right, we still have one more to win. Still need to win mm-hmm. another one. And I think that's how they'll go into game six. And they're going to look to win. I, I'm so excited for these next couple of games. I wanted to look. Do you know game six is Thursday, so they'll get two nights rest. Will game seven, will they get two nights rest on that one as well? Or will that be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yeah, I would say game seven would be Sunday. It'd be a Sunday late game probably is what I would assume. So that uh, that helped, that bodes well for the Warriors, I think, if anybody, because Curry and Clay are going to have to go. And Iguodala, as you said, Green, they're going to have to play a lot of minutes, probably 40-plus, 40 maybe closer to the 45 <laughs> range. And they're going to need every second they can get afterward to recover. I well, hope it goes and, seven just for my viewing purposes, just because I want a game seven. But I think I'm still taking the Raptors. It's hard not to th- see the Raptors winning this. What were you going to say? I, I just, boy, nothing. I, the Raptors should win this. If they don't, it'll be an all-time. Uh, it'll it'll be an all-time failure in my in my eyes. And I mean, I'm rooting for Golden State. No, no, no question about it. Um, and, and oh, I know what I was thinking. This is a little bit of a digression, but you know, I thought it was a big deal when when uh, KD got hurt. And we didn't talk about Toronto kind of cheering, and I was really well. That's proud what I want to get to. So of, go ahead, let's of, get into it. Okay. Well, while I guess I'm going there, but and and I'm proud of the Toronto players trying to shut them up. Uh, I was I was happy to see that. I was happy to see uh, all the Toronto players line up and shake his hand. It really touched me to see how much it meant to the Golden State Warriors to to to, to a person. It really shocked me to see Steph Curry and who was the other player that Iguodala. was it Clay. Iguodala. I mean, walked him out during. They game, went to the, the game, locker room with him. Went yeah, to the, and the locker game's still room. Going, yeah, with, with the game still going, I thought that that's a big deal. I mean, they they have some love for Kevin Kevin Durant, and and um, I was I was impressed with the care that that they all showed. And gosh, Toronto, the Canadians have been shown to be these caring. Love. I don't know if you saw Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel had a deal where he said just tried to get somebody to talk shit. This Toronto fans to talk some smack. <laughs> On Golden State, and they couldn't. I mean, too, he couldn't find anybody. They were just too nice. But they literally did cheer when he went down, and that was that. You know, and it wasn't. I, I, I say I could have been in that crowd. I'm not talking every single person, but it was. It was a loud cheer when he went down, and it looked like he was hurt. And that that reminds me of Michael Irvin getting hurt at Veterans Stadium years ago with the Philadelphia Eagles, and then cheering yeah. when Irvin went down. And I just. I don't care. That's that's shitty. Uh, I, I I think that the Raptors even if they win the championship, they they just assume beat you at full strength. I mean, I don't want any questions, any asterisks, nothing. So I thought the, the players were classy. The players. Well, so were I want to respond to both of those. And the first part, how how so we have this? It seems like this whole finals and really playoffs up to this point, but especially now in the finals where storylines get created outside of the games because there's not as many games. This, this Raptor fan base and Jurassic Park and all this, we've we've kind of put on a pedestal, and it it has been the way this team embraces the way that country embraces the Raptors as a team. It's really neat, and I mean they have some serious love, and those home crowds in Toronto have been insane. And to see those Jurassic Park where all these people are lining up all over the country getting outside and mm-hmm. watching the games. I mean, it, it is, it is neat to see. And I, I like it, but there was a point right after that. I don't know. It, it's been a killing for Toraptor fan base or for Toronto's fan base the past 24 into 48 hours as, as you're hearing this on them cheering for KD. And I, I want to say, yes, they're wrong. hundred percent wrong for cheering a guy's injury. He went down and clearly was reaching for his Achilles. I think even though they didn't get the slow motion replay that we saw of it looking like it was something, clearly he reached down at that injury and it looked bad. And he on, the look on his face looked like he knew, crap, this is what I was fearing. Yeah, he knew, yeah. And they were cheering. There were a few fans that even at one point I, you could see in the background like waving him goodbye. I, want, I do want to give a little bit of credence to say right after that, Durant, so the play happens, Durant loses the ball, Ibaka gets it, goes down there and gets a dunk. So they're cheering. Some of those cheers may have been, sweet, we got a dunk, we got a fast break layup, and then they realize how bad Durant was hurt. Some of those cheers were, yes, cheering because they're happy Durant got hurt. I think naturally, watching the game, if you're watching your team, part it's hard to say part of you is not going to go, oh, wow, that's huge for our team. That is big for the Raptors. We That just upped our chances. So I'm not sure. blame that I'm not blaming for that thought coming in your head. And yes, they were they cheered at first, but yeah, credit to the players for like you said right away. They're like, "Come on, guys, guys, guys! This is not the time and place to cheer." And I think later you heard a lot of the fan base cheer KD, like they started a KD chant. And 
I think once I they realized good. they started cheering, and I think once there uh, there's going to be a few bad apples in everything. I mean, there's sure always going to be some. And I think to to rip the whole Raptor fan base as a whole, I think it's wrong to do. I think fan, what is fan short for? It's short for fanatic. And right. Right, their their initial response was, holy crap, Durant just went down. That's huge for the Raptors. Whoa. And they were getting loud. And then I think when they realized, oh, wow. I mean, it, it then it hits you. This dude just probably tried to gut it out, ripped his Achilles. He's going to be, I mean, his whole, not only this year, this finals, his career, and we're going to get into in just a second, his career is in jeopardy now. And I think they realized that. So I wanted to kind of slow down the ripping yeah. of Toronto's fan base. Because I think spur of the moment, you just, your your natural reaction right away as a fan is to go, whoa, that's big for the Raptors. We just got a dunk. All right, maybe we can get a run. Maybe we can take this game six and win the finals. And then when you realize the repercussions that are for Kevin Durant, I think they kind of slowed the roll. I, and but, I do, I'm just I, glad I, you mentioned the players for realizing what I, they did. I do. I, I would like to think, Kevin, we're sitting here and we're watching the Mavericks play the Heat, okay? And, and D-Wade goes down back in the series, you know, in that day. I mean, I would like to think that we would probably go, you know, and be maybe a little excited. The Mavericks got a better chance, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think we would just be hooting and hollering that a great player, uh, a, a great guy got hurt. I, and and it, you're right. It was a few people. It, but it it was yeah, a, and it a could have been the minority. That <laughs> yeah. And it usually is. Uh, well, it, it could have been the few people who maybe don't know basketball as much and they just see – a warrior turnover and a warrior player go down and a raptor dunk and they just think, "Woo, Raptors dunk, let's cheer." And there were the guys, you saw the couple people waving goodbye. Those people are just in the wrong. They're they're looking straight at Kevin Durant. They know who it is. They realize how bad this injury is and they're waving goodbye. That's just that's effed up. Don't be a dick. What does dad always say? Classless. Don't be a dick. That's a guy Don't being be a, dick a dick and being classless. And so those people, I got no answer for you. That's just you, they are who they are. But I do I just think ripping the whole thing as a fan base is bad. Now, to your point with the Warriors players, it clearly showed how much they cared for Kevin Durant, but by with Curry going back and Iguodala going back with him, and then hearing you mentioned it earlier, Bob Myers' heartfelt. I mean, oh, him on the podium. And I don't think that was a. Sh- I don't think that was him putting on a show. That was. Mm-mm. I think that was true emotion. Steve Curry even said after the game, they asked him, and he he. It was really a. Steve Kerr really looked like he had – I mean, all the – Steph Curry was asked after the game. He looked like he was all over the place and even stopped at one point with Doris Burke and was like, I'm sorry. I don't know where I'm at. Just I'm praying for Kevin Durant. I'm praying for Kevin. I swear I Man. thought he was going to cry, Kevin. I really – I thought he was going to be emotional right there. He, You could tell it. He was deeply moved by what Deeply, happened. deeply moved. And then Kerr, after the game, the reporters were asking him, he goes, Man, it's a weird feeling in our locker room because – at one moment, it's a it's a huge win for us as a team and to extend the series. But at the same time, it's a devastating loss. And a brother, a teammate, I mean, a, basically a sibling just went down. And we know how serious this is, not for game six and game seven. For him as a human, this is huge. And I think the team really cares. Now, that said, do you put any blame on the Warriors for Kevin Durant coming back? You know, no. And I, I think I alluded to that Kerr could have played him less minutes and all that. But you know what? KD is, like I like to say, a grown-ass man. He he had everything not to play for. He I, If he would have said, the doctors cleared him. I, I feel confident the doctors cleared him. I can't someone imagine Someone did, whether they, they did it rightly or wrongly, I, someone cleared him. Someone I, told him he could go back out there. I'm just not hating on the Warriors for that because ultimately that was Kevin Durant's decision to play or not to play. And I think it's obvious now he shouldn't have. But – uh, he did. It, it's on. It's on him. And you know, I'm not trying. You know, I, I hate it. I, I don't put any blame on the Warriors. No, I do not. I just don't. So I'm partly in agreement with you. Where uh, Kevin Durant is, as you said, he's a grown ass man. He's a superstar. He knows. For anyone who's not aware of, most NBA fans will be aware of the contract situation. But Kevin Durant is a free agent after this season, and he he knows if he if it's an Achilles he's worried about, he knows if he were to tear that Achilles. It completely impacts. He might still get max money, and it it might not change up his money, but it it impacts how teams think about him moving forward in this offseason. And he's a 30-year-old who now is going to be coming off a devastating sports injury. We've seen it in all sports. This A a, a torn Achilles is tough. It's possible. Mm -hmm. He can come back, but it's tough. And so you're right. He's a grown man. He knows knows what what he's getting into. And whether the Warriors staff – cleared him and shouldn't have I don't know but I would assume from what I've heard from Kevin Durant I bet he got a private consultant too and talked to someone else and he knew what he knew 
I think, what was at risk coming back. And he decided to gut it out, and more power to him. He decided to gut it out for his team because he realized, I really want to win this. Just like Steph Curry seemed like he was feeling for a brother, I think Durant wanted to come back for his brothers, for his teammates. I do too. I do too. And so to that, I don't blame the Warriors totally. But but there's something that rubs me the wrong way where over the weekend, I don't know if you saw some of this, after game four, there was some chatter, some articles came out, and and it wasn't Steph Curry – Steph Curry and Clay did mention they asked Steph about Clay playing in that game four, like we like I mentioned earlier, where he played great. He was like, It's the finals. Even if you're hurt, you just gotta step up and play and you gotta do this. I don't think it was a shot at Durant at all. I think it was him just saying Clay's just a warrior, and that's just what you do in the finals. But there was the articles that started coming out via the athletic and some other and and I think Brian Winhorst and some other ESPN guys too, where they were saying some in the warrior locker room, and they didn't clarify whether it's players, coaches personnel, whatever it was, some are questioning where Kevin Durant's at and where he's come with this injury, and they're a little disappointed. And whether that be true or not, I think that's the point where Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, someone, even if they're saying it internal, I think you come out to the media and say, F whoever put this article out, Kevin's hurt. If he can come back, sweet. If he can't, we know he wants to win. We know he wants to be out there. Right. And that's what right. I put a little blame on Steph Curry or Clay Thompson or Draymond Green or some of them. Because I just think whether those were true articles or not, and it that could have been from the 14th guy on the bench that said that to the athletics. So some saying is true technically, but I think that's where the star player, and if you're Bob Myers, you come out and go, you know what? If Kevin's good to go and he's will ready to go, we would love to have him. If he's not, he's not. I mean, it, it's just whatever was right for him. And that's where I blame a little, because it did seem like there was pressure over the weekend for Kevin Durant to get back out there. Yeah. and. He well, got back out there, and it doesn't look like he should have been. And I saw Charles Barkley kind of said similar things where he just he put he said he blamed the Warriors for Kate and D out there, saying that they should have backed him up over the course of the last two weeks, not just the last weekend. And that's where I was a little upset with him. You know, you make a good point. I'm with you. I hear what you're saying, but I, you know, we don't know what transpired between those guys in the locker room, and I just have to believe that Curry play. Kerr, uh, the, the GM, had to have told Kevin Durant, look, we, we'd love to have you back. There's no doubt you can help us, but you've got impending free agency. You know, this is your future. You got to do what's right for you. And if if Kevin Durant didn't get a, his own doctor's opinion, shame on him. It, yeah, and it, I bet he it, did. It, I think I think Kevin, I think it, you're right. And that's why the most of blame doesn't go on the worst. I think it's just an injury. Shit sucks and it happens. He tried to gut it out. He knew what was possible and he tried to go out and play. Which I think, as and I think, which we're I respect this, this him for. Yeah, I'm not speaking just for me. I think I'm speaking clearly for both of us. Anyone who thinks Kevin Durant doesn't have the heart or was holding out on the Warriors or is being petty, I think he showed you last night that dude's all heart and all class and wanted it wants to, whether he's thinking about leaving or not. He wants to win this finals for the Golden State Warriors, and he laid it all yeah. out there. And it sucks. It I felt so bad it's, for him seeing him go me down. Me too. Me too. And that, it me is too. interesting. It, it, Jalen Rose brought this up a little bit, but it's interesting the way the culture of sports goes where for for professional athletes, it seems like we always throughout this, and and I have said it a little, and most of the time I said it was tongue in cheek and joking, but either way, the rumors were out there in the Twitter verse and all this was out there saying, oh, he's soft. He really didn't want it. He isn't committed to the team. Why isn't he trying to get out there? He's on the, in the locker room, not on the bench. What's going on. And then he comes back and then he gets hurt. And it's like, we're not thinking about the guys. The only one that really thinks about Kevin Durant's future is Kevin Durant. And it's not us. We're, we just right. want to see him come out there and play for us. And Jalen Rose said, I, he, I think he was pulling the quote from someone else, but he said, people will bring flowers to your f- funeral, but they don't bring soup when you're sick. And that's what he said about Kevin Durant. And I thought, wow, because now we are. I, even not just us, but everyone's out there like, oh, man, Kevin Durant tried to get out. I feel bad for him. But those some of those same people a week ago, we're saying, where's, K- where's KD at? Why isn't he playing? Why isn't he trying to play? The same people wanted Kawhi Leonard to play last year for the Spurs. And it's just, and we've seen this as a business. Look at Isaiah Thomas. He'll tell you this league's a business. What happens to Kevin Durant this offseason? Do the Knicks offer him a max deal? Do the Warriors offer him a max deal? This is a 30-year-old athlete okay. whose Achilles yeah. is blowing out. I don't know how you, maybe he recovers, maybe he doesn't, but that's that skews how people will think about him. 
Wow. Since since you opened that, I have been anxious to talk about this pending free agency. So can we do that now? Yeah, LJ, LJ, as you're editing this, is rolling his eyes. But yes, let's let's go into let's open this bag and go into what happens to KD post this finals, regardless of what well, happens if it's a torn Achilles. Ultimately, I think this has potential to make him more likely to stay with the Warriors. I agree. Actually, I I, I really say that because the Warriors. I, I could see the Warriors saying, man, you gave everything you had. Here's your max contract. Get well. Come back when you can. And and I believe he will be back. I think he takes care of his body. You know, he's not a big, heavy guy. I mean, he, yeah. he's tall. But I think he can come back and recover from this. I can't see why Why would Anthony Davis and or Kyrie Irving go to New York now when KD's going to be out for everything I've seen. You're looking at least six months, at least yeah. six months. And I hear a lot of people talking about a year in his prime. I can't well, because see you, it's scary to come back because that same thing, if it's not right, it's it's more apt, I think, to blow. And the yeah. more times it happens, the less likely you are to ever come back. And I will tell you, this is interesting. I found out over the weekend, talked to my old buddy, old Dr. Doug. Um, it, it's funny, Achilles tends to happen a little more to people that are actually in their mid thirties. So he was telling me, you know, I'm in my fifties now. And, you know, he's, he's like, you're probably past the age. It's probably not going to happen to you. It's, 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 it's like in your thirties is when it tends to happen. And that's kind of weird. One more little bit of trivia too. Do you know why it's called an Achilles heel? No, not at all. Okay. There's a Greek mythology, mythological character named Achilles whose mother, uh, dipped him in the river sticks by his ankle, dipped him in the river sticks to protect his body. But she was holding his ankle around his Achilles. So that's the only part of his body that didn't get dipped into the river <laughs> sticks. So that was the only vulnerable part of his body. Thus, the name Achilles Thus Hill. the Achilles Hill because of vulnerable spot. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I thought it was kind of interesting. But so I, you know, I, I really, I, t- I want to hear your take on it. But I think this has a lot of potential to keep him with Golden State. I really well, do. So it would be, and we've seen it before, as I kind of uh, alluded to earlier. We've seen it before with Danny Ainge and Isaiah Thomas with the Celtics, where it's a business, and if you can't get out from get get ahead of an injury, then you get ahead from it. So I could see the Warriors possibly not wanting to sign a guy to a four year max deal who's coming off an Achilles injury. At 30, but at the same time, if you're the Warriors, you could really show, you could really discredit all the whole thing about how it's there's the Warriors and KD, and there's Steph and Clay and Draymond and KD, and it's this whole little rift. If you go to him and go, man, you tried, you gave it everything you had. I don't care what the reports were saying about us questioning you, we never questioned you. Here's your max deal. Get better, like you said, get better when you can. And think about this: if you're Durant, would you rather? He's probably going to come back at some point next year. It's going to be because this is the worst, uh, uh, the worst time to get this kind of injury. This is as long of an like you could break an ankle or break a bone, one thing, but this is a torn Achilles, as you said, six to eight months at the latest point in the NBA season. So he's likely out probably until late in next season playoffs, maybe. That's, I would say till February, March. We just don't know. We just, Draymond or. DeMarcus Cousins came back around All-Star break, around January-ish, off the same injury, and he hurt his about uh, around All-Star break the year before. So this is okay. now in the finals. But it's different. DeMarcus Cousins is a big guy. Cousins, as you, or KD, as you said, is not that at all. So it's different, and everyone recovers differently, but we just don't know. But if you're KD, you could come back to a team where – just get back when you're healthy. Know your team can carry the load with that. They'll be. I mean, they might not be as good. Obviously, I think we the, we can put to rest the whole other Warriors better without KD. They're different. I don't think they're better. No one gets better without right. when losing right. the second maybe best player in the NBA. But they'll be fine. They'll they'll keep the ship afloat. And KD can come back when he's ready to a team that's good. Now, if you're if you leave and go to New York, where I'm going to get into this in a second. I don't know who goes with them. Now he comes back to a team that. He doesn't know. He's unfamiliar with, and he's coming off an injury. So it's just not the same comfortability where I I see this happening where I think it could be easily where, say, the Lakers find a way, whether it be a three-team trade or whatever, they find a way to get Anthony Davis. Jimmy Butler stays with the the 76ers. It seems like from all things I'm hearing, Kyrie, there's a lot of rumors about Kyrie to the Brooklyn Nets. I've heard that, yeah. What if, and he's from that area. What if no one is there at New York? Because like you said, if you're AD or if you're Kyrie, 
Maybe you're just more apt to go somewhere else because you're like, I just don't know what KD's got to go to New York. And it's not like that K- that New York front office has anything to show for themselves as what right. they've done recently. So what if all of a sudden there's no one there in New York but R.J. Barrett? If you're Kevin Durant, do I want to come to a blown Achilles to this team who may be a lottery team without me? And I'm going to have to be the stud or he can come back to the Warriors and just get back to me. when it, He'll get back to himself whenever he can. And when he's ready, he's ready. I, I think you're right. I think this – I was on the thing thinking Durant's gone after this offseason. And I this think he was. everything. I this think this changes, changes everything. Everything. So who's right. the big loser? Who is the biggest loser in this? The New the York Knickerbockers. New York Knickerbockers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, golly. And, I, and think, I, do, I, was I, a, wow. I was telling a Nick friend of mine, I was like, you know what's going to happen now? Because they were they tweeted something about it, and I was talking to him. I was like, you know what happens now? The Knicks are going to get screwed, and they're going to end up with Tobias Harris, some overpaid shooting guard like they did with uh, Tim Hardaway a few years ago, R.J. Yeah. Barrett, and DeAndre Jordan. That's going to be their team next year because I think Kevin Durant stays at Golden State now. I just that's what I see. I think it's more likely, at least. And I, I think you're so right. The Knicks are the big losers in this. Thing. Big losers. Got and you hate to see it for the whole Knickerbockers. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know, I don't hate on the Knickerbockers, but I, I there's no love lost for them. I've never yeah, loved the I'm Knicks. You. So, you know, That's whatever. I, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it is what um, it is. Wow. I thought we were going to be a short pod. We've got a long winded. I, I, I would, I should have known this would happen, me and you talking hoops. I mean, this is what kind of ends up going every time. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I did want to bring up this should be coming out. I believe it's possible you're listening to this Wednesday. So maybe game seven is about to happen between the Blues and the Bruins and, and the NHL finals. But you may be listening this Thursday and it may have already happened. And who knows what ends up going on. But did you see how the Blues, the St. Louis dispatch in 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 St. Louis, the paper there kind of uh, may have jinxed the, the Blues? Did you see this over the weekend? I, I heard about it. I so, didn't see it. So Sunday on the, from what I was reading, the Blues E edition, which is their electronic edition that people can get early, there was a congratulatory post. They kind of had a whole thing where, one, they said thank you to the city of St. Louis. They congratulated them on this, the, the city earning their first Stanley Cup title ever in franchise history. And even there was an even a thank you note from the team's owner saying thank you for all everything you've done. This is a big moment, not only for us as a franchise, but for you as a city and as a fan base. And as you know, that was Sunday morning. Game six was played Sunday night. The Bruins, of course, won 5-1 to one in blowout fashion. And now it goes back to game seven in Boston. And I just have to feel like the Blues jinxed themselves. Now, it did come out that apparently – this, these images were leaked and got out somehow, and this is what the Blues were trying to show potential advertisers, what it'll look like when the Blues win the Stanley Cup, if they do, and here's what you can put your, you know, used car ad by or whatever you put in the paper, right. you know? Yeah. So it was. They, it's not like they, they just they thought the Blues won, but still, the fact that these got out, somebody, somebody really uh, fudged up their job there, I think. This sounds like the Starbucks cup. On Game of Thrones yeah. or something. Yeah. Somebody losing and their job. <laughs> it's not new. This happens everywhere. Every Both teams, like right now, the Raptors and Warriors are already preparing for, especially if this goes to Game 7, but even now, they're preparing. Both cities and franchises, like the academies all across Golden State and, and uh, Toronto, they're already getting their shirts in for Toronto 2019 NBA champs or Golden State 2019 NBA champs because they want to put those in stores the minute that happens because fans will go buy it up. Sure. And sure. it's like that Sports Illustrated post or ad you always see right after. It's like instantly after the Super Bowl, you'll see the New England Patriots have just won their sixth Super Bowl. Get your memorabilia now. So they always have these ads ready. It's just the fact that St. Louis paper let them get out. It's just yep. a bad, it's a bad visual. And now game seven, Bruins Blues. I know we all picked the Blues. Where you at? Let's let's just go ahead and it might look terrible on Thursday morning, but what you got? Blues or Bruins? Blues. I'm still going with the Blues. Still sticking with them. You know, I think I am too, just because as we've mentioned plenty of times on this pod, the city of Boston has had plenty of titles. I think yep. it's time for someone else to get one. And it'd be cool to see St. Louis win one. And and I'd feel I'm gonna feel bad for the the paper if if they end up losing, I just everyone's going to blame the paper, and it sounds like it was just a goof up, and it's not like they really mistakenly thought the Blues had already won. So, Absolutely. and you won't even know this, but Dewey beats Truman. There was a, a, a no I clue. Think it, was, 
Yeah, well, it was the paper put out that I can't remember the guy's first name, that Dewey beat Truman in a presidential election. And that's not what happened, but they put the paper out <laughs> uh, before. And it was kind of a famous one of those that you're talking about. Well, so as we wrap up, I did want to share a little quick thing I saw with you since we this has pretty much been an all finals pod, mostly NBA. We're recording this Tuesday. What is it? March or June, June 11th. The 11th. June the 11th. So 22 years ago today was who many call the goat, who you call the goat, NJ's blue game. And I wanted to tell you a neat little story I was reading that 22 years ago today, MJ gave and signed his game used shoes to Utah Jazz ball boy Preston Truman. The reason he did this, Jordan befriended Truman because he remembered his pregame routine, which was applesauce on graham crackers. So because the ball boy remembered this weird (laughs) little thing that Michael Jordan did before every game, Michael Jordan decided to sign and give him his game-worn MJ blue game. Now that that game is like maybe the most iconic MJ game of all time. Right. And he gave him those shoes, signed it. And did you know Truman later sold those shoes in 2013 for the small price of $104,765. So. Little little ball boy at the time. There's actually a picture I'll post it in show notes. But the little ball boy at the time, Preston Truman, just because he remembered applesauce and graham crackers, 22 or back in what was that, 97, got him $104,000 yeah. in 2013. So it's the little things in life. It's, it's the moral of the story. Remember the little things. That's all it is. Wow. I just thought it was a cool story. I know you like MJ, and I thought I didn't. I didn't know that until today. So I thought I'd share it with you. No, I've never heard that. Wow. It's the only All place right, I so, saw MJ play live, by the way, at the Utah at the Utah uh, Stadium. I happened to be in Salt Lake City on business one time, and I saw the Bulls were in town. I thought, well, I'm just going to call. It wasn't SeatGeek at the time, you know. It was whatever <laughs> it was, NBAtickets.com, and I called them, and they had two left on like the sixth row. They were like $75 a piece. I'm there on business. I got nothing to do. I got to go and I, I had two tickets. I sold the other one for face value. I mean, just, I was just, you just so wanted to go see to MJ there. play. I just wanted to go see MJ play Stockton and Malone. I mean, it was, it was a great game, too. Yeah. It was, that's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. All maybe right, I saw well, Preston Truman. Maybe I yeah, saw You him probably there. did. You probably maybe did, I, actually. Maybe I did. All right. Well, shout out to Preston. And, uh, Shout out to the finals have been great. We're getting a game seven in the NHL. We're getting a game six, maybe seven in the NBA. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, you don't have to worry about – see, Dad didn't even know what tickets he was getting into. Right now, he might have been trying to decide which ones are better, which ones are worse. He didn't even have those to worry about that Those were green lights. Now. I'm telling yeah. you, those were green light tickets. Now, you search, search SeatGeek. You get those tickets, put in the promo code ACAA, whether you're trying – I doubt any of us, any of our listeners are going to the finals, but – whether you're going to the College World Series, go see the Omahawks play, or if you're going to a show, put in the promo code ACAA, get $20 off your first ticket purchase. And then if you're trying to bet on any of these games, like like Dad said, if Draymond Green gets another tech in game six, put the house, as we would tell Uncle Tony, put the house down on the Raptors, Put go to my bookie, put in the promo code JPP, and get a $50, 50% extra on your deposit. Just all kinds of stuff we're throwing at you, and our friends are trying to help, and uh now, Dad, we just gotta wait. Just wait for some finals, baby. I can't. I can't wait. I can't either. I can't either. Exciting. Uh, one, time. I gotta give one one quick shout out. I gotta give yeah. one quick shout out before we sign off. So I'm a granddad. You're an uncle. Hell so yeah. Our favorite youngest listener, Nala Danielle Ali. We love you, and Kelly Soul. We love you guys. We're excited. And, so happy, uh, so excited. It's been a big it's been a big week in the in the in the Lutheringer clan. I'll tell you that much. It's been a big, big, big week in the Lutheringer clan. Sure has. We we welcome the cutest little baby. And maybe you know, I may be a tad biased, but I think it's the cutest baby I've ever seen. I, I hey, think I went it might in, be. by the way, so I went in to see Kelly and it was, you know, after Nala had been born. And the nurse that was kind of let us in the door, she goes, are you going to room uh, like 202? I said, yeah. She goes, oh, my God, that's the cutest baby I've ever seen. <laughs> this was a nurse in the that's baby no ward. I mean, we may be biased. Knows. That's not biased. She knows. I mean, she knows. So there you go. And uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, big shout out. It's a huge week for us. And, and we are. I've been, been thinking about you a lot, Kelly and Soul. And, man, it's. It's awesome. It, I'm an uncle. You're you're grand. You're granddad. We used to call you pops, but now you really are pops. I'm now I'm really a pops. That's right. <laughs> All right. So for Uncle Kev and 
the true pops. We're going to sign off. We'll have LJ back next week. We'll get into a little bit of that Led Zeppelin stuff we talked about. Of course, react to some of this crazy final stuff. And I'm sure a ton more. But for another week of the JPP pod, peace out. Peace out. Peace out.